This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. the dock with pastor troy right here mother best distracting me during the, during the wind up on the dock.org every tuesday and thursday she jumped my water and then she still got the brown cup on the table that's not good branding and then she's wanting to she's trying to ask that's again a great cup I, we're trying to wind the show up she's asking what's this called again and lucas calls it a dongle is that right yeah yeah, yes. yeah so, so then i'm trying to think do i need to do i want my dongle on the table or off the table then i thought if i touch it it'll blow up the beginning and then i blew it up anyway it's okay on the doc.org we're not perfect here but we're striving toward it Are we? Mo yes mother beth reloaded my my glass we're on our second episode tonight we're shooting but uh you know it's okay We'll be fine here. I'm drinking the rest of your hot water. It's yeah. really yummy. And these are really cool cups. You like the cups? They're probably expensive. Oh, I know, I know, right? Well, they're cheaper than, I guess, the Community Cafe cups because they quit buying those because they were too expensive. So ah. I think we got a better cup that's cheaper. Those are nice. Yeah, you need to show those to Josh. Josh needs those kind of cups. I like the little grips to them and stuff. Yeah. You've got so much on the table. You've got a green, a red, you like Barney colors there, and then you've got a cup. Sorry. Yeah, you're high maintenance. on <laughs> Our green room just cannot keep up with you tonight. It's my own green room We're, yes personal. yes but we are about conversations that propel your faith off this table and out into the deep <laughs> we want to get you ready to get out there we've got a great one going a good series going get on youtube spotify itunes google play facebook roku rumble sermonette and watch us listen to us get us subscribed like notified all that and then we'd love to have conversation on facebook instagram twitter telegram getter and i think i left one of those out facegram instagram telegram twitter and getter Talk to us on that. We'd love to hear from you and share share what you're talking about with other people and, and you know all that stuff. Subscribe, like, notify, and uh, we'd love to have you as a Patreon sponsor or partner. We need to put we need a my partner. cups are color we need, coordinated we, with all. But of we those. need a partner or sponsor on my Patreon so we can get a branded cup yeah. up here. We'll but get your cup on here and we'll talk about you. These are all blank. See? Yeah, they're I'm blanks. Not... They're properly blanked. Okay, all right, and we're <laughs> at on the dock.org. You can go there and find out more about our Patreon par partner or sponsorship program. We'd love to have you as a part of our program and do a program on you if you got a Christian business or ministry. We'd always love to talk to you and make you a part of it. Just find out how to do that. Go to info at on the dock.org. Email us for more information. We'd be glad to connect with you. I'm on set right now with Mother Beth. She's got new hairdo today. It's really frizzy. It's too. very frizzy. I know you say you like it, but I'm no. Saying, it's really frizzy. She said today. my hair looks good. I said it's a frizzy mess. It did look good. Yeah. yeah. Well, she just got it done. Just I think got it's it done because the fan. I've got the fan. No, it was frizzy up. when you walked in. 
Well, it's, <laughs> it's humid outside. It is humid it outside. Been so we're humid trying. This week. Uh, Luke is wearing a green shirt still, so we're good there. And we're yep. I'm wearing my constant black shirt, but we're going to get new publicity shots for season three. Got Mother Beth here. She's looking good. But see, see, guys, see her curly hair. She's got straight hair day. That's how you know she's at the beauty shop. They always straighten her hair, and then she keeps it straight for a couple of days, and then eventually it goes back to being curly. That's right. Yeah. So you you look beautiful. It's a whole different woman. I get to take home a whole different woman tonight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a good deal. Lucas, you got the same hair as you always have. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't change, doesn't change a whole lot here. Guys, we're in a series called For the Bible Tells Me So. Uh, season two, Digging Deeper in the Word series. We're not actually on a book of the Bible, but we're talking about the book, the Bible. So we're having a good conversation. We've already been in this part one on the Logos. Go back and listen to that. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to this as a preaching series, the in-depth preaching version of it, a little more stuff in there, you can go to Community Faith Church to go to coftv.com, go back in our archives and look for 2023 and go look at the January uh, shows. We did a uh, five part series on this and it actually is five or six part series. Then uh, it will only be doing uh, five here, but cause I had a uh, elder Jerry preached uh, one of them for me. And I am going to talk a little bit about what Jerry had to say in the next episode. Cause, cause Jerry had some fine stuff to add. So I've taken his words and uh, I should brought him on for that show. Yeah, you and, should. Yeah, I should have done that. And the manual for our righteousness, he did the word lives, and we'll put those together in, in the next one in part three. So we're in part two, power of the sword. A sword here being the word. So the logos is is the word. So it's the word in a big sense. But we want to talk about the actual Bible itself. So the word logos is Jesus or God. So we're talking about the, the author. Now we're going to talk more about the Bible itself and try to get a perspective on that. It doesn't change a lot, but I, I want you to, I want to, I want to look at how you approach the Bible. I guess my goal here, uh, Lucas and Beth is the Bible is our root and branch of our faith. If it's the root and branch of your faith, how do you approach getting that root and branch into your life and, and it making it a root rooted in making it a, a branch? Uh, and when, when I mean branch, I mean trunk. I don't mean like the, the Bible says root and branch. It means the trunk. It means the upper part. It's We always think of branch as being the twig at the end, you know. But root and branch or the, root, the trunk of the root and branch. And how do you make it that way? How do you appropriate? How do you make it work for you in a way that will give you power that you need to be an effective Christian today? That's what we're going to hopefully get out of this in the next few minutes of this wonderful episode. Thanks for joining us wherever you are. Tell us on social media. Are you driving? Are you, how do you listen to us? Are you in the shower? Are you, are you, are you eating M&Ms? Uh, you know, we want to know what you're doing. You know, we're, we're nosy. We can't follow you. We're not, we're not the federal government. We're not watching you. Or are you on an actual dock? Are you on ah. a dock? If you're hey, if you're actually, we need on, a picture. Listen, of that. if you're on a dock watching this, a dock, a or, real dock, or listening or listening, or listening, it's cool. On the dock listening, send us a Facegram, face, Facegram, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, <laughs> Getter. Last time too. I, I think did. It's a new Facegram. Yeah, send us yeah. a Facegram. Aren't aren't they owned by the same people? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So send us a Facegram. You know, one of those. Send it to us. Show us a picture. You got to prove the pictures. You got to prove that you're on. And to do that, you'd have to do something in the chat. You'd have to go chat or, or 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 at least like it out or share it out on your social media site. Then you can do a screenshot that you yeah. shared it out, okay? And send us a picture. You gotta send a screenshot and a picture. So we have proof of life on the dock. <laughs> if you were on the dock, you send it to us. We will send you one of our on the dock coffee mugs. Oh, that's good. And Yay. if you're watching it by yourself, fine. You get one. If you're watching it with your 
your your lovely wife or your lovely, uh, handsome husband will send you to you. Okay. Sounds but, good. But both of you got to put it on both of your face grams. Face grams. Yeah, put it on your face grams. Okay. You like that, Lucas? We're giving yeah. an offer. We're, we, you know, we, we don't have infinity of these, but we got we got a case of them. So, so we, we'll send one out. I think it's kind of cool, don't you? I do. I yeah. think it's a great and, idea. And, and if it's a good picture, send us a good picture. We'll put it in the studio. We'll put it on the table one day. You just be, you'll be yeah. our special guest by table. We'll yes, see. Toast. So, so we'll, Donald will watch for that. We'll see if you send that to us. And there is power in the sword. If you're listening to us, hopefully we'll bless your time. First of all, I don't, I'm glad you're listening to us. If you're on a dock and you're watching us or listening to us, man, I'm honored. I, I wouldn't be listening to us, but I, I, I Why? do. We do. I walk in today and Beth's watching our song show. I, and she's just laughing and talking to it. And I'm thinking, you're on the show. What's wrong with you? And she <laughs> says, she said, I would watch this even if I wasn't on it. And, and I'm like, well, good. I hope so. I hope other people. She did, Lucas. She just had a good time with it. I thought that's funny. And I, I thought, was watching. Okay, I sat on the couch with my tray, and I had my little bowl of lunch with me. I sat down, turned on on the duck. Here comes Chester, my cat, and he just hops up on my shoulder. He just he looks at me, and he just gets up on my shoulder. Like yeah, I know you're eating, but <laughs> it's over now. I need to sit with you, so. <laughs> And so I, I, and I moved my tray, and then he just slid down into my lap. Like, yes, thank you. That's that's, that's what he was working on. <laughs> that's, so, that's crazy. He just, so he just so crazy. came and climbed up on me. <laughs> in the last show, we talked about logos. That's the divine word of God, and and Jesus was the logos, and and we 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 used Genesis one one. In the beginning was that God, that logos. We we then went and took a look at John one. The word was logos, and it already existed. So Jesus and God. They, they are the word, the logo. So we, we covered that, the, that timeline. Now, what we want to jump over to and look at it a little differently is we want to look at the concept of how do we make the Bible, God's logos, become our, our power sword? Kind of, the, kind of like our thing in our life that it, it, the word is his power. How do we apply it and, and make it a part of our life appropriately? So we're going to look at that. And, and the first thing I want to say to you guys is the Bible is, uh, I got a good text here, let me put it up here. The Bible is available to all. I mean, the Bible's out there. I mean, every, you got apps, you got, I got it on my phone lots of ways, you know. Yeah. You know, the Bible's out there. The Bible's you, available. You can still get it in a library. There was a time, yes, you can still get it in a library. You get it you get in a hotel. They, they want, the Gideons want you, you can take the Bible out of the hotel. Yeah. The, the Gideons give them cases, they just put another one in. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in a hotel and it's a Gideon Bible, take, take the Bible if you yeah. don't have one. You know, you know, we've delivered them all over the world. The Bible is available to all, you know, and, and, and I think we don't realize that, but not all use it and, and certainly not all honor it because we don't look anything like that. But if we're to honor the logos, the word, how are we going to profit from such an endeavor? From the Bible, so that's kind of what we're getting at in this this time. How do we profit from the Bible's there? Like I said, I, there there was a time even in our life when it was you know getting a Bible was a, you spent a little money and special thing. You get the little cheap Gospel of John, but but when you bought a Bible when we were younger, it was kind of special. You gave you got a Bible for your baptism. I got a special Bible for my ordination. I still have that. You know, yeah. you got yeah. special Bibles in back of the day. when you when you got a bank account and you're a young couple at the bank and you're opening your first account. They said you want a toaster or you would like a coffee table Bible. <laughs> you know, we bought, we got one of the coffee table Bibles. It was nice, big one. You don't use it anymore. It's big, you know, big. But, oh, you know, and and now everybody just has them everywhere. You have them on your phones and all that stuff. So, so there was a time when nobody had the Bible. Only certain monks and certainly priestly orders, and they they copied it, you know, page by page by hand, and 
the Gutenberg press changed everything about being able to print the Bible. And right. now mm. it's the, the, the most, most printed book ever. It's the number one all time best time seller is the Bible, <laughs> you know? So, so, I mean, that's amazing. It? It's, it's just, there, it is available. I mean, right yeah. now, Wifecliff has it translated. I think it's within a four or five languages. I'm not talking about just languages, but even dialects, dialects inside languages yeah. of being translated into everything. Yeah. Wow. Even the Jesus film now is almost available in most, in, uh, most yeah. everything. So, so there's just not much of an excuse not to be able to have access to it. Now there are places where the Bible is illegal still, but it's almost impossible to keep it out because you can hide it yeah, on any chip, there. you know, I mean, there's just yeah. amazing. So it begins with us. I think the thing we need to think about first of all is we need to have a right assessment of the Bible, the word, the logos, you know, there's some things we need to, to get right if we want it to be effective, you don't have to, but to be effective, this is what I kind of wanted to look at and go, what do you need to, when you start the Bible, and, and I'm not talking about reading the Bible as a skeptic or reading the Bible as a college kid trying to be, fight with it or some psych, psych, psych major trying to argue. I'm talking when you read the Bible as a faithful follower of Christ, you know, what is some things I need to, what's a baseline? So I, I went down and kind of worked on this. The number one thing is, you just have to know it's the word of God. I, you may not really understand for some time in your walk why it's the word of God or, or how it became that or how the different books came together. You can get all that. I mean, you can, and don't Google it. My God, no. it, you'll, you'll hear all kinds of garbage. Good. You know, yes. go no. read a good book put out by godly people on it. You know, don't don't Google it. You know, you, you, you know Google's only as good as who Googled it, you know, and there's lots of goggles. You know, don't do those either. It's the word of God. Just if you're a Christian, the first thing you accept is the logos is God's word. And I accepted Christ because the word has, has come to me. And you just kind of like trust daddy. You know, like I said in the last episode, you know, when the kids will jump off the diving board and let you catch them when they're little bitty, and when they would just go right to the bottom and drown. You know, when your kids will run off and let you catch them, you know, and you'd think all I have to do is turn around and leave and they're dead. No, really. You know, your kid jumps off the deep end yeah. and they're a little baby. They're jumping, they're jumping, and they jump, and then they'll, they'll jump again, and they'll jump again. And if you're not careful and you don't see them jump, you got to jump in and get them. Yeah. You know, I've had that happen where the kids jumped and I, I, I didn't pay attention. Oh, he jumped. I got to get him. You know, he can't swim. He's like sinking. <laughs> you know, you know, there, there's your, your kids just accept that you're going to be there. To be a child of God means you accept that God's word is God's word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that makes it tough because you now have to accept things you may not agree with. And you may not even read all that. There's things I'm still, I'm reading, I've been reading through the Bible for years. Like I bet I've gone through the Bible 35, 40 times, but I've been reading it steadily every year, just every time. Then you add my other studies. So I, I see things that I never saw all the time. And oh, even yeah. though I've read it, I never saw it. Yeah. You read and go, Oh, whoa. Right. it sticks out. You go, I didn't know. I better fix that. You know? Cause at the time it, wasn't relevant or didn't speak yeah, to where you're it just, at. Or, you just kind of read well, through God it. just didn't have anything to say to you at that time. Right, that. and now you read it and you get, so it's the word of God. So so Second Timothy tells us, and that was the feature scripture for today, is all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and your training in righteousness. Mm -hmm. We read that at, at, we read that at our church here before every, we read the Bible every Sunday. Every Sunday, every Wednesday. It's just a declaration we make called Proclamation of the Word. We use 16 and 17. And we just make that statement that, that what we read, you may not understand it, you may be new here, but we accept it as God breathed. And it, it's there 
to correct and to teach and, and to get us toward righteousness. Second yeah. uh, Peter is another good text. It says, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. We need to understand that, yes, this is the words of men as moved by the Holy Spirit. And you may be young in Christ and, and not understand how the Spirit works yet. Maybe you've never invited the Holy Spirit. I remember being a, a man of God, even a man preaching the gospel, and then getting being a man of God preaching the gospel that was filled with the Spirit. And the Bible spoke different to me in each of those phases. The Bible spoke at me before I was saved, as people were talking to me about it, as I got saved. When I began to preach the gospel, I was able to talk about what God did to me in that story and how I could connect with the story. But then when I got filled with the Spirit, I could begin to see how the Bible had life, not just for me, but for the application of other people that I was leading and ministering. And, and, and I began to see it not just as a, a transition moment in my life, but as a coaching partner as I went through life. Mm-hmm. It became a life coach. Right. It, was a, it was a spiritual life coach That's to me. Good. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is the difference maker there. So I trust that the the, the, the great men that wrote this uh, were, were men that were moved by the Holy Spirit. And that's how it was discerned that it would be the word of God. And there's lots of stories about how different things are preserved and why, but I just trust that that, that word is sacred. Mm-hmm. No, so number one, it's, uh, it, what was that? I forgot what the first one is. <laughs> I already forgot. It's the word of God. <laughs> Golly, that's terrible when you forget your own words. That's pretty bad. It's my stuff too. It's the word of, it's the word of God, but number two, it's the word of life. So the word of God is one thing. It's the logos, but, but it's also life. Mm-hmm. The Bible's life. I mean, life beyond the end, uh, that, you know, that it, it's how we get there, but it's also life now. Mm-hmm. John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life abundantly. It's not abundant life just exceedingly beyond the, the, the revelation time. It, it's, the, it's the life now. It's the doing the right thing and living without guilt and living, living a way that pleases God. And maybe it's not life's not necessarily easy, but you're living it right. And, and, and there's a good text to this, the word of life. John 12, 28 says, the father glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. God is, the voice of God here is glorified. The words of Jesus are glorified. The words of the Holy Spirit are glorified. And we need to understand that. And we need to, and we need to sow it. You know, if you want to, there's that, that parable of the farmer about the good seeds. If you want to have good seed harvest, you have to plant in good ground. And those of us that, that see the Bible as God's word and the word of life are building the kind of soil that will, cause a Christian to thrive. If you want to live on the hard or the rocky or the thorny or the, you know, the, the path, it's not as fertile and it's not going to last. Some, some will be here today, gone tomorrow, and some of it will be eaten up by things of the world. The way to get rooted and grounded, as we talked about it, be rooted and grounded or rooted and branched in God is to get that word and that logos in your life, inside you, in your essence mm-hmm. each and every day. And number three, I, I think this is important is that the Bible is the food for the spirit. Just like, you know, we're going to go eat after these next uh, show. Uh, we, we're all going to be hungry and we need the food so that we can rest well and our bodies can heal up. And then we can hit the ground running again tomorrow and get some breakfast and then run through the day and we get some lunch and we feed our body nutrients and, and vitamins and energy. Our brains function off of, of, of proteins and, and we eat to thrive. Mm-hmm. The Bible we read to thrive. It, it, it is our food for the spirit. Uh, one, one version, uh, there's several versions of this, but one version calls it our milk. It's, it, it's like 1 Peter 2 says, like newborn babies, you must crave 
pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have a taste of the Lord's kindness. So it, for, for some, if you're new in the faith, you know, when you have a new baby, we've got a new grandbaby and that, that grandbaby's still nursing. And, and then when he comes to stay, we have to get mom's milk comes and we were able to put it in a bottle and stuff. That's kind of cool. It's so interesting to see Ezra when she was just dependent on, 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 on milk, you know, now she's getting some peas and she can have uh what's that? She gets pears. pears. She, I fed her pears the other day. She's so excited. We <laughs> ever bite in, you know, she, and every oh, bite her mouth, so she's like a little bird, you know, with, when they come back and they, their mom's got their, they all get their mouth. Every time I start to fly the spoon in, her mouth is wide open. Ah, <laughs> you know, we need to be like that as young believers. We need to be understand the Bible. We need to be taking it in our eyes. Like we would take food in our mouth and get it into our brains. Cause it's, it's the milk. It's the spiritual. It's what's going to get us to the next stage. You know, she drank that mother's milk and now she's, eating that good food and before long man she's gonna be eating ribs with me so you know what i mean and then then you start moving toward maturity and to get to that meat and being able to do the will of god you have to start at the beginning with the milk then you work your way up to the the, the you know the, the gerbers you know or the homemade gerbers whatever they're doing and then you finally get to the good stuff you know you get to the meat i know she wants the good stuff you know but but it's good stuff all along the way yeah you know, it's just what you're ready for. So we got to get the milk, but it, the Bible is the food, but it's also, it's our dessert. It's our, I love the Bible calls it. It's our honey. The Bible's our honey. Now, honey is a sweet term. Like my wife's my honey, but honey's also in the Bible. Honey was considered the best. So like, like Psalm 19 says, 103 says how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. So for those of you who don't know this, honey was the most luxurious thing that the Israelites, the Hebrew people, the Eastern people could have. The next closest thing would have been like dates because they were sweet. They liked dates. Uh, those, uh, what do you got, mangold dates? They're, they're good. But honey, putting honey in, whether a baklava type dessert or something else like that, or just honey itself yeah, was, was like, they didn't have like Tootsie Rolls. Right, <laughs> Snickers. They had like honey candies and, and honey stuff. And it was like, the bomb, you know. So honey was like. Can you imagine a world without peanut butter? I know. Oh, man, and don't on. you like peanut butter oh. better when you put honey in it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, honey terrible. makes so the. But you ever know, eat too much honey though? It makes you nauseous. Yeah. You can't you can't take on too much of the Bible once either. Yeah, because it'll you, if you. It's like those daily walk readings we do. When I get done reading, I'm done. I, that's about enough for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and there are years. There are a few years where I've just read one leg. And I'm thinking about maybe doing that next year, just reading like one leg, but like just reading the New Testament section only and focusing. I've done that in certain years, but too much of the Bible, you, it gets to where you can't take it all. You know, well, you have a hard time processing. Processing. You, you need to time, get yeah. you need to get the word in you every day. Yes. It's like every, lately I've been hooked on marshmallows. We got these big campfire marshmallows. They're huge. <laughs> so before I go to bed lately, I've been having two marshmallows, these big ones, every night. Every night when I run out, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll have to get off them. But I've been eating two big marshmallows every night. And it's just perfect. If I eat three, I've tried it's three. Too much. It's too much. Yeah. One, I want the other. You know? So you need to find the right reading and, and the right amount so your body can take it, think about it, process it. You don't want to be reading so much that you go to sleep on it. That's disrespectful. Right. You don't read so little that you don't. it's not important. You want to find the right amount, the honey on your lips.
Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what I like about some of these, these Bibles that do the 365 readings. They're, they're Me great. too. They're great. And I know other people, I just they'll just they'll just start a slower process. They'll read read through the Bible other ways to do it. So it, it's also, I love this, it's also called in the Bible our meat. So food, it's milk, it's our honey. But also for those that are mature, uh, Hebrews says, look, it says, you have been believers so long now. This is not talking about an Ezra, a newborn believer, or somebody's young. He's saying you. some of us have been Christians so long now, we ought to be able to command the word and teach others. And instead, you're still, if, you're, if you've been a believer for, gosh, if you've been a believer for 10 years, I mean, I, maybe even five years, but, but if you've been a believer for 10 years and you've been in a good preaching church and you've had some good cycles through the Bible, you shouldn't, you should be able to, you should be able to lead a small group. Maybe you're not best at it, but you should be able to at least explain something to somebody that asked. You should have been through the Bible eight or nine times now. You know, just your own reading, let alone what you've heard preaching. If you've heard preaching for three years, you know, you've probably almost gone through the Bible, you know, in some ways, or at least the major portions of it. Because a lot of preachers today will use the, I don't use it, I used to use it, used the common lectionary. And the common lectionary, you can preach through the Bible over three years or read through the Bible over three years. And mm-hmm. it, if you're in a Sunday school program, they'll, they'll do ABC lectionary. But you ought to be getting through it. So in, in 10 years, you should have been through it at least three times and maybe nine times. And, and so, gosh, if you read a book at school three times, you'd make an A on the test. We should, we should be making A's on some tests. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to at least look at what he says here. You need someone to teach you the basic things about God. You, if you're 10 years in the Lord, you should be beyond that. You're like, you shouldn't still be babies that need milk and cannot eat solid food. If Ezra looks like that, if she's eating peaches Gerber style with no salt or sugar in it in 10 years from now, that's a sad child. Yeah. <laughs> she right now is beautiful eating those pears. She looks, those pears come in her mouth. She is so excited. I guarantee you she will not want those pears like that in 10 years. That child is ready for something else. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Look at verse 14, solid food. King James says, my meat is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong by the spirit. We, we should be getting to the point when we've been Christians five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, we should be able to know what the word says and make good decisions on what, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah. I, I'm amazed by how many Christians can be deep in their years as a Christian. I've been going to church for 20 years. I've been a Christian for 30 years. And and they're 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 stopping by someplace to get their tarot cards read. Or they're 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 talking about their astrology signs. Mm-hmm. Or they're or they're they're watching seriously spooky, demonically occultic movies. I'm not saying you can't watch anything scary. I, I, I I'm not that way. I mean, to me, the the predator movies were the scariest thing in the world that I could watch. But but at least Arnold killed them. I like that. High, high bullet shot. But I, if stuff's glorifying the devil and glorifying, I, I just don't watch Halloween stuff. You know, I'm not into that. I don't need to do evil or Thessalonians 5, 12 or 19 says, don't have the appearance of evil. Just stay away from that stuff. Solid food, get in solid food, get in good, do mature. Know, know the difference between right and wrong. You know, somebody shouldn't have to tell you, you don't, you, 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 you don't have to steal. You should know not to steal. Yeah. It's in the 10 commandments. You know, you don't have to go far. You know, to treat people with respect, to be disrespectful to elderly people or to widows. You shouldn't have to be told that. No. You know, so many of the things that we feel like kids don't know today, 
could be because maybe they've never heard the Bible read in their school or never right. heard the Bible read. They Nobody's don't know. telling them. It's not in our society anymore. It used to just be in our society the basic things did. And, and, and then you chose to be disobedient, and then you'd just be seen as disobedient and rude. Right. Now we don't even know what's right. No. So. Because there's nothing given. Because we don't even give the milk anymore to no. young people. We don't give adolescent, and, and then we need solid food. So the Bible is food for us. It's also... Listen to this. It's our guide. So not just does it strengthen us, but it also helps us make the decisions on this is what we should do. This is what I shouldn't do. You know, I, I, I quoted that word a minute ago, Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So the word will tell you some things. It'll help you make some decisions. It'll, it, it, it's a really hard thing. You know, you know, you're out there, maybe you're a young person out there and you're, you're, you're dating somebody and you're thinking, well, I want to get married and I think I might want to have kids or, or maybe it's pre-date. You're thinking, should I date this person? And would this be somebody that I could have kids with? You know, you look at them and you go, they're not even a practicing Christian, but you're a strong Christian. They're not a Christian. And you've got to, the first thing you've got to do is go, well, if I like this person, I'm going to have to spend a little more time and see if they're willing to come to Christ. Yeah. If they're not willing to come to Christ, I don't think I can do that. No. Because the, as you as a Christian would already know that to marry them would make you unevenly yoked from the start. It's one thing if you were both heathen and then you got saved, then you got to kind of work through it. you you got to work through that patiently. Yeah. But if you are already saved and you marry somebody thinking, well, I'll save them along the way, it doesn't work like that. The devil will torture you there. You know, you've got to at least step back and say, I'm going to give this relationship time, but I'm not going to commit beyond that until I see fruit and witness. Because, I mean, if you do that, you're putting yourself in a situation where you cannot decide now whether your kids will even be raised that way because you're now unevenly yoked right. and there'll be an alternative exposure. I mean, I know people, I know people that, that, that struggle with that. I mean, I know people that have gotten divorced and, and maybe they were practicing Christians and one's not now. And now you've got to swap kids and the kids go from a Christian house to a non-Christian house. How chaotic is that? It, it's horrible. Why yeah. would you even start a house like that? A house divided against itself in the beginning will not stand. Right. It's one thing if that happens, like you said, in the middle of a relationship somewhere. You're already you're both unevenly yoked. Right you get saved. Right. Right. But why would? Yeah. I think God's going to be helpful. Make a decision to do that intentionally to well, put your because yeah. yeah you need to be as a Christian. It's hard enough. When you you're shouldn't both start a relationship like that at that level. No. So you need to let the word guide you. The Bible says, "Don't be unevenly yoked." Yeah. Don't do it. It's one thing if you were already unyoked and then you got yoked. That's different. But to do it, when you when you do that, it comes with the disobedience. Mm -hmm. The Bible's got all kinds of things in it like that, guys. That practical. Practical things. I, I'm, I'm going to freak you out by some of this stuff. It, it does. It's a guide for us. It, the Bible, what's amazing about the Bible is whether you're dealing with abortion or life issues, whether you're dealing with sexuality issues, uh, the hottest topic right now in our society, the hottest topic right now is the Bud Light issue with the trans guy or whatever he is. Yeah. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't care. I don't even want to promote it. But I mean, I mean, Budweiser, you know, praise God, they're about to go broke because they can't sell any beer because they put a tranny on, you know? Yeah. That has nothing to do with Christianity. 
It has to do with the fact that our society, the major battleground right now, every indication. Today I saw where, I literally saw today in the newsfeed, Sherman United Methodist Church in, in Dallas, Texas area. They had an event, they had, a, they had like a tranny party at their church. It was originally scheduled someplace else, something happened, and they said, just come on over, we'll have it here. Oh, a United Methodist Church hosted a trans event for Trans Pride Day. Wow. Compassion. You know, and I've seen all kinds of takes on why, why God's for this. Mm -hmm. What Bible are you reading? What guidebook are you reading? Let me, let, let me make it real clear. Because the Bible speaks on all these things. So, so, so you, you think, well, the Bible doesn't speak on this stuff. It does. <laughs> I'm going to trick everybody. Oh, Look geez. at this. Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman must not put on men's clothing and a man must not wear women's clothing. Now, I know Pentecostals are used to say a woman has to wear a dress and a man has to wear pants. And that's been used a lot of bad ways in a lot, right. a lot of things, I think. And anyone who does this is a test on the sight of the Lord your God. I don't know how we got where that was the issue on it, you know, that you had to wear like a skirt, like a long skirt, you know, like a this, you know, right. T-length. And, uh, but I think we know the difference between a woman's set of pants and a man's set of pants. Yeah. And and we uh, and the clothing and height, the general appearance, you know, the attitude of the two. with which it's worn. Yeah, and 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 so it's right there. I mean, you you just have. I mean, anyone who does this is. I didn't write this. I'm not trying to be. I realize right now we're probably being kicked off YouTube, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, Rumble. We're glad to have you. Nice knowing you. Go to cotv.com and watch us. Uh, we're on SermonNet there. You can check us out there. But anyone who does this, it says is detestable in the sight of God. Detestable in the Bible is a greater word. It's it's on the, okay, not a greater word. It's on the plane of hate. God hates this. Yeah. So detestable are things that God hates. So it's a listing. It's So this is an example. It doesn't mean he hates the person that's caught in the sin. It just means this he thing. He hates that sin. He hates that sin. And you're not going to get in on that sin. You're going to have to renounce that. Yeah. You've got to deal with that. Yeah. The Bible's got to guide you out of that, not yeah. into it, not over it or around it. And so I just need you to know the Bible, this is Deuteronomy. This is Old Testament. This is old. So th what we're dealing with right now is not new. No. There have been tranny dressers in the old times. And God knew that and said it's wrong. Yeah. So God's not picking on people today. It's not this church picking on people. It's not this pastor. It's just what the Bible says. And to call myself a person of the word, that is a word I have to love. I, I'm sorry that it's hard on some people, but God's got a reason why he wants us to honor this and we've got to trust him. That's a tough one, isn't it? There's just, the Bible's so clear. Lastly, it, well, I think I got two more. It's our chief weapon for spiritual combat. I mean, the Bible is like our sword, you know? And it doesn't work if you disobey all those things we've been talking about. You've got to mature in it from milk to to honey, to food, to meat. You've got to, you know, let it guide you through all that. You can't, you can't pick and choose what you like. Right. But when you get it down right, it becomes a, a weapon of spiritual combat. Matter of fact, if you look in Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through, through 20, and let me highlight this. This is about the armor of God. It's talking about putting on the whole armor of God that every piece you put on. And, and it uses an analogy of somebody dressing for battle as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And Paul 
lays it out, put on every first 13, put on every piece of God's armor so that when you will be able to resist the devil or resist the enemy of the time of evil, gosh, that would be right now. We yeah. live in a time of evil right now. They did too. Then after the battle, you will still be able to stand firm. So stand your ground. How do you do it? You have to put on the belt of truth. So you have to know the truth to know the truth. You got to read the Bible. And the body armor, put on the body armor of God's righteousness. The, the body armor is simply carrying out the truth. When you live truth, you live righteously. So you have to, if the Bible says don't dress trans, then live it out and don't dress trans. I, I, I understand. You, 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 you cannot do that. You can choose to dress any way you want to. And we can choose to disobey God's word, but you're not going to get the body armor of righteousness. No. And then it says, look, look at this, put on the shoes for the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. So you have to accept that Jesus's way is the way. Mm -hmm. And in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. You got to live by that faith and others are going to attack you. It'll stop the darts of the devil. But look at the last part, put on your salvation as your helmet, trust in what you committed to God. And then look, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you have to take the word of God is not to, to take, you got your Bible. Let me borrow your Bible. I've got my, you know, taking the Bible isn't taking this book because this is a book. Mm -hmm. Taking the Bible is putting it in here and in here. Take the word, you know, take the word, the sword of the spirit, and and be able to utilize it, you know. And and what a powerful text. I love verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You need that Bible in you so that it can engage your prayers. It can, it can inform how you, how you live and walk. It just calibrates your whole battle plan, you know? And, and, and it, that's if you want to be a soldier for Christ, mm -hmm. you know, that's the decision. And lastly, it, it's a treasure book. That thing is so full of nuggets for raising your family, raising your kids, dealing with business situations, complex situations, simple situations, national events, how to deal with crisis and economic crisis and weather crises. It is, it is just a rich tool. It is, yeah. it, the Psalm says 1910, it's more desirable than gold, the finest gold, more sweeter than honey. The, so the, the most luxurious money and the most, most luxurious food it's better than all that. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's really a gift for us. So I, I think I, I just want us to hear that we've got to realize we've got to have a right assessment. We got to bring the Bible into our lives and begin to apply and let it live for us. And then, then we, then we have a whole different opportunity in of us. I just think we live in a society right now that, that, that we have more, I say this all the time. We have more Bibles than we've ever, ever, ever possessed in all society. Everybody has a Bible in 12 ways. I've got 27 versions of it on my phone. Everybody has a book. They're cheap. They're mass produced. You can get the Bible uh, text message to you every day through reading things and, you know, just everywhere. But we are the least observant of it that I've ever seen at any time in our society. In, in my 56 years of life, we're the least observant of the will of God through the word of God that I've ever seen us. Yes. We know more about it. We have... In my lifetime, the Dead Sea Scrolls have been uncovered. We have learned more things that they thought may not be true in the Bible. We've learned they're definitely true. We've seen better translation. It's very, it's, it's where people thought there was errors. We found texts that go back old enough. We have learned more about the Bible than we did. We found more places that prove 
things that have been proven. Mm -hmm. We have more knowledge, better language, better understanding, better ability to analyze it, better technology to find those locations, you know, like where Peter's mother-in-law lived and we find, it says Peter's mother-in-law, you know, you know we, <laughs> we find stuff, you know. We have more than we've ever had and we're the farthest away from God yeah. that we've ever been in my lifetime. Now, I realize there's other times when that's happened, but but I got to emphasize again that we have to have more than a right assessment of the Bible. The other thing we have to do, and we'll get to this in this back, back half of this here for a few minutes, is we have to have the right right um, approach to using it. We have to be righteous. So we have to have the right assessment, and that's let that, that assessment's what, what we went through. Let me summarize. It's that it is the word of God. It is the word of life. It's the food, whether you say milk, honey, or meat. It's our guide, it's our chief weapon, and it's a treasure. We have to have that down, okay? Mm -hmm. But we have to then live that. And that's where we stumble. A lot of people will go, well, I don't know what the Bible says, and they hang their head. Or I know what the Bible says, but I think that was for the old people. I know what it says, but that was a long time ago. I, I know what the Bible says, but the Bible doesn't understand that I, I felt like I was born different than other people. Deuteronomy seems to imply that God understood then. God, If God is the same God, the Bible says, God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He either is or he isn't. And if he's omnipresent, he's omnipresent. We all think of timeline, but God stands over the timeline. He's, he's Kairos. Kairos is over time. Yes. He's the Alpha and the Omega simultaneously. Yes. A minute's a thousand years to God. He can see what's happening yesterday and today and tomorrow. And, and, and you know, yeah. we live in linear time because we, we're alive and our cells are, are burn, born and living and dying. You know, but, but our spirits are eternal. He knew us before the womb. He, we were conceived and then he knows us in eternal life. So God knows us in a spiritual essence sense. Mm -hmm. So there's something in us that's greater. And the greater is he that's in me than he is in the world is the thing that he created us for. Now, whether I achieve that or not is my free will. Mm -hmm. But I will live forever. People don't realize we live forever. Whether we live with God yeah. or separate from God. And the Bible is our assessment and our approach to the Bible determines that trajectory. More than we think. We a lot of us think that I got if I got saved, I'm saved. And I, I could argue that there's a lot of people that will call me Lord, 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 and doesn't doesn't really live for him, doesn't know him. There will be people that 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 have a lamp, but the lamp's not lit. And when he comes, they go, I need to go get some oil. The girls that had to go get the oil for the lamp were the foolish ones. Because there was no anointing on their life. They had a lamp, but it wasn't lit. So if you call yourself a Christian and you're not living by the word of God, then how is it a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet? There's nothing on it. We have so many people living a, quote, Christian life with no light or lamp, mm. but, but only a vessel. They, they have the Bible, but they don't have the Bible in them. They, they, they have a birth date that they gave their life to Jesus, but they don't have a testimony of what Jesus has been doing since their birthday. Yeah. You know, we, we, we get a pictures every month of, of Ezra's whole month and it's a great picture every day. It's like a calendar and to watch her from birth to now is amazing. You know, we're not just our born on date. I mean, I, I love, I've got Ezra still birth. I still got her birth picture on my phone, but she's certainly not her birth picture anymore. She's a composite of pictures, right? Spiritually we're a composite of our daily walk. Mm-hmm. 
And so many of us think I got saved. Once I'm saved, I'm always saved. What a, what a trap from the devil. Mm -hmm. The whole concept of eternal security. I believe in eternal security in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways I don't, I believe you're eternally secure. If your will is stern, (laughs) I I don't think anybody can take your salvation from you. Nobody can take it, but I believe you can, you can abandon it, you know, because you just can it's because you're not a, you're not a slave. You choose. You're an indentured. You ch- you give yourself. You know. So we're in a time right now where people have got to decide more than just I, I've got a Bible. I want to I want to be Jesus representative. I want to live like Him. To do that, you have to have a right approach. So let me let me kind of get this in the last few minutes here, and say the the Bible the Bible doesn't do us a bit of good. It doesn't do us a bit of good unless, guess what? Unless we read it and more importantly, believe it. Mm-hmm. We have to read it. We have to believe it. And we have to put it into action at the center of our daily life, our daily walk. And, 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 and we've got to come to the understanding that, gosh, I mean, the Bible, the Bible, not just walk through, but we've got to be sold out to it. And I think that's where we're, where we're really struggling today. Let me, let me show you this paradigm. So, so to get there, here's what you got to do. You've got to read the Bible. You, you, you can't get there without reading it. You got to read it. And we've got a lot of people that don't even read it. Mm-hmm. So your first right of right righteousness is you've got to read it. You, you've got to believe it. You, you've got to, you've got to try to begin to understand it. Okay. This is the right approach. This is how you get righteous. Now, when I say you've you got to understand it, I'm not saying you have to understand all of theology because I don't, and I've got degrees in this. Right. But you've got to understand the basic core of it. I mean, the basic core of it is that God loves you, you sin, Christ died for you, and you got to be born again. And once you're born again, you got to live for him, and you're going to be Jesus' ambassador and representative doing the Great Commission, and he's going to hold you accountable to what you do with the talents you have. Yeah. And the talents you used will indicate whether you're really in love with him or not. So you're not once saved, always saved. You're saved so you can live by faith each day and walk by faith and to be in a relationship. God came down to the garden and had a relationship with Adam and Eve every day. Right. What broke was that relationship. So salvation doesn't save you. Salvation restores the relationship. The question for you is, will you walk in a relationship? You restore it, but are you in it? So that's daily quiet time, daily reading, daily in the word. And, and I want to say this daily serving him, finding ways to serve him every day, to, to, to give your testimony, to be available. We don't have to understand everything, but we got to read it. We got to, we got to believe it. We've got to begin to understand it. We don't have to understand all the theology, but, and we don't have to understand every passage. You, you're never going to remember them all, but what we have to trust is that the Holy spirit will guide us. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and the Holy spirit, I love John tells us in, in, in the gospel that when the father sends the advocate as my representative, when, when, he, when John says, Jesus is going to send himself as the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. So you won't remember what you haven't read. You can't remember what you don't believe. You can't remember what you haven't studied. Right. It's a process. It's a process. Like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there, there's not like you just like throw a chip in and no. then you got everything. Remember, we're not data driven. We're experiential driven. So you've got to do it. Make some effort. That's right. And so, again, the Bible doesn't do us 
any good as we close up unless we read it, more importantly, believe it, and then we have to put it into action at the center, not on the side, not on Sunday, not at the peripherals, not when no one's looking or only when the pastor's looking. We got to just put it in our action in part of our lives daily. Yeah. Knowing that he's graceful for mistakes, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make character failures. We're going to have flaws. He's not a merciless God. He's a God that's rooting for us to get it right. And when we don't get it right, the Bible says, though, a righteous man falls down, he gets back up. And what makes him righteous is the getting up, repenting, and getting back on the path. What makes him wicked is staying on the ground and wallowing in it. Mm-hmm. So we have to get back up. Bottom line for me, this is, I'm going to bottom line this text for today. This is the basic one, is that, that the Bible doesn't work for people that are wishy-washy. So if you're wishy-washy, you're going to struggle with the Bible. And there's a lot of wishy-washy-ness out there, especially in our society today. My gosh, right now there is. there's so much change. And so you have to ask yourself, are you a wishy-washy person? If you're rooted and grounded in the Bible, you're not going to be wishy-washy. You're going to know the way, the truth, and the life. And you're going to know how to get to the Father. If, you're, if, you're, if you don't know the way, the truth, and the life, you're wishy-washy. You won't find the way of the Father. The Bible says that if you're stable, God can lead you. But if you're double-minded and unstable, you, you're, you're, you're unleadable. Yeah. So you have to decide, are you going to be, are you going to be rooted and grounded? What are you going to be rooted and grounded? If you're not going to be rooted and grounded in the word, just own it. Just say, I'm living for myself. I have more respect for people that do that. I, what I hate today is when people call themselves Christians, but don't live according to the power of the sword. And I think that is doing more damage in Christianity today is when people, you know, dishonor the logos. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest challenge we have in Christianity in America right now is seeing if we can get back on the right track uh, for letting the word of God lead. I don't know if we'll see a return of where we have a Bible dominant society again in, 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 in American Christianity. I don't know if we need to, I, I, I would love to have it, but I, I don't, I don't know that biblically, if you look at end times, if it's supposed to get any better, this is our opportunity. It's our challenge. Maybe it's a moment where it could happen if we take the challenge and we really get out there, we could see revival. There's been lots of revivals throughout society, and we could certainly see a biblical renaissance. I mean, that's what John Wesley and those guys did. They brought the Bible and people lit it up. Yeah. So maybe this next generation will set the world back on fire for Jesus. You know, there, there's some evidence that this next generation, Generation Z, is falling in love with Jesus. There's some evidence. The question is, will they be crushed by the establishment? Yeah. You know, and the, you know who the establishment is? It's all the people our age that sold out the Bible, the wishy-washy, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of this day. Yeah. We got to decide will we be rooted and grounded in the word? And 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 let me let me let me say this one more time. We we have to have a right. I think let me see if I can find that last word. I have a real good closing piece on this. Um, we we we've got to get the right assessment and the right approach to the Bible and it and understand it's the word of God, the word of life, food for the spirit, but it's the guide for life, it's our chief weapon, and it's a treasure book. And we and again, we've got to do more than just read it. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we gotta believe it, and then the, the really scary part is, we gotta make it a part of our lives. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the power in the sword, is in the ability to actually use it, not to have it sitting as a coffee top, table book, or to just to say, oh, I go to church. You know, 
but the word of life is in me. Yeah, you have key. to absorb it. It has to become part of who you are. We'd like to hear about your Bible plans. Tell us how you read the Bible. Tell us how you are applying it. You know, we need to be praying together, but more than that, we need to be living for Jesus together and, and being, we, we might have to be the Bible for a lot of people out there today with our livelihood and the way we act. And maybe here's the deal. Maybe if they'd see Christians being authentic and real, you being authentic and real, people will begin to see the sweetness of honey in your life and want to know where it comes from. They'll ask you, and then you could introduce them to Jesus and maybe even show them that the Bible is the source of that. We need to reintroduce Jesus and the word of God to people. And we have to do it with authentic lifestyle so that people rather than hear about it and be skeptical, we need to let them see it. And the Bible says, if he's lifted up that he will draw. I think we could see revival, but to do that, we're going to have to really, really be authentic and really be real. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be back for the manual for our righteousness in part three. It's going to be great. It's a great episode. It's got a piece that we learned. Uh, we've been, we've gotten kind of in love with one guy named John Bevere. He's got a book out that's just really touched us. And I'm going to show you a video clip from that. And just going to talk a little bit about how we need to move from not just the word is logos and the word is a sword, but how it becomes really uh, in part three, how it becomes our manual for righteousness, how it's not our enemy. It's actually our friend and how we need to get a, a good, healthy uh, life. Uh, why? For the Bible tells me so. So come on back, part three. Uh, Beth, good job today. Lucas, you're quiet over there, Lucas, in this episode. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. You just have a nod off. You seem to be awake because you're changing the slides. <laughs> so, but get out there, info at onthedoc.org. We'd love to hear from you, email and all that. Check us out at www.onthedoc.org on the doc.org you can find links to all our sites and platforms and we'd love to hear from you go to go check us out if you're on spotify right now or itunes go check us out on youtube and hit subscribe like notify so it all works and, and, and send us a comment and hit the thumbs up or whatever they got there uh google play facebook roku rumble are good ways to watch i watch on google i i, I listen to it on google play a lot i like that facebook instagram twitter telegram and getter we'd love to hear from you about that tell us some stories about how you are letting the bible come alive in your life and uh and We'd love to hear about that. So hit subscribe, like, notify, tell us about what's going on and share it with others. And we'd love to have you as a Patreon sponsor or partner. Go check that out. And again, as always, welcome to Community Faith Church if you don't have a church home. 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. COFTV.com is our website. You can check us out. We have a good uh, uh, virtual broadcast that we do. But most of all, we need to get you in church, get in a good church. And if you're in a good church, praise God, tell us about that church. We'd love to hear about it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back for part three of this. For the Bible tells me so. I'm Pastor Troy, Mother Beth, and Lucas. We'll see you back soon for part three.